Well, good morning, All Shores. Welcome. Would you stand and join us in singing?
Church, if you believe that today, give God praise. Thank you, Jesus. We have a new song we want to teach you today. And it just talks about the joy in the house of the Lord. Let's sing this together. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory. Yeah, there's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet, we shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord, our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet, we shout out your praise. We shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Cause he hung up on that cross. Then he rose from that grave. My God still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Shout out your praise, there's joy in the house of the Lord, our God is surely in this place, we won't be quiet, we shout out your praise. forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the beggars, and now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, and now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Shout 
God. It's with unified hearts we just sing our thankfulness, Lord, for you, for what your spirit does in each of us. And God, now with hearts of gratitude, we just sing out our praises to you. God, inviting your Holy Spirit to come and do what you want to in this place. We pray that in Jesus' name. Get up and pray. 
church today I want to um, take a couple minutes here as part of the worship set and just uh, exercise our thankfulness muscle <laughs> you know one thing I've learned is um, it's really easy to focus on on the negative on the circumstance to focus on uh, the things around us in our lives and to let those things take our focus off of our God right and just the truth that God wants to meet with us he wants to bring uh, peace to us. He wants to bring his joy everlasting. And so um, we're just going to take a couple moments here in service. And this might be an uncomfortable exercise for you, but I, I want to stretch us this morning because I truly believe that when we take time to be thankful, that it really just shifts our perspective. And so I'm going to continue playing my guitar. Uh, we're just going to keep singing instrumentally. And I want you to take a few moments personally to just think of some things that you're really thankful for right now in this season. How have you seen God move in your life? What is he doing in your life? And then if you feel comfortable enough, I just want you to take some time and articulate that by speaking it out in prayer. Say a prayer to God and just tell him how grateful you are. I'm going to give us some space to do that. While I'm doing that, I'm going to sing over us and just... Uh, We'll get back into this song again and sing it, but I, I want us to take some time and do that today. in my life. 
What a beautiful posture that we take as we come into worship this morning. Posture of gratitude. Gratitude doesn't mean that everything's going right, but it means that we search, that we look, that we remember the way that the ways that God has moved, that he has breathed life into our situation. And I don't know what's going on in your world this week. I don't know what you're walking in with, but I do know that God cares. And that this space, this time that we get here together this morning, it's not just supposed to be walk in, sit down, walk out. But that the God who created you, that he actually wants to meet with us this morning and give you something that you didn't have before. And that's why we pause. That's why we stop. That's why we open ourselves up to receive what God wants to give us. That he's not mad at us. He's not disappointed in us. That he loves us. And that he has something to give each one of us today. And so for you, we're going to go into a time of prayer. Take, take a posture that's helpful for you to receive what God might want to give you today, whether that's sitting or standing or opening up your hands. But we go to prayer together. God, we look to you today. You are where our help comes from. There's no one else that can satisfy the desires, that can spur on the dreams that can remind us of who we are, that we are not a title, we are not a role that we play, we're not a position, we're not a resource to be used up for anyone else's endeavor. We are your daughters and your sons, and you love us. And you've brought us here today to hear your word, to hear your gentle whisper, to be reminded of your love. And so God, we do, we, we say thank you for everything that you've given us. Thank you, even, even for the hard things that you've never left us, you'll never forsake us, that you will walk with us.
that you'll never leave us behind, but that truly you are with us every step of the way. And so I just pray for every single person under the sound of my voice. God, would you meet us in a profound way today? Holy Spirit, would you give us exactly what we need individually and corporately? And I just pray that you would continue to speak a word to us, that we would hear it in a way that we would understand and to be able to act from it. God, we also don't just pray for ourselves. We know that the church is so much bigger than one expression. And so we pray for St. Mary's just down the road. God, would you be with them this morning? Holy Spirit, would you continue to speak to them, to use them, to, to spread them out throughout our community to be your hands and feet? God, we also pray for different expressions of your body. We pray for Bridges International over at, at GVSU, God, that are welcoming students from all across the world, really giving them a home away from home. God, we just pray that you would um, center those students, that you would let them know that, that you are with them, that even though they might be hundreds, thousands of miles away from their family, their home, God, that you're with them and that they are your children. And God, we just pray for, for us today as well. God, would you give us the, the wisdom and the, the, the discernment to hear what you have to say to us? Would you give us the courage to respond to it? And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Well, if you're here in the building, you can take a seat. So glad that you're here. Happy Labor Day weekend. We get to enjoy a beautiful day in West Michigan. I just want to welcome all of you who are watching online, all of us who are joining us from Coopersville, from Muskegon, all of you who are joining us from home. Come on, Spring Lake. Can you show your church family some love? We love you. So glad that you're here. And I am grateful this week. I'm, I'm grateful for a number of things. We are ramping up back into the fall. Our online directory for groups goes live today for the first time. We have more open groups for people to join than we've ever had in the history um, of groups since I've been here. Super excited about that. We all need community. We all need a place to belong. Would love for you to join us on that. Just go to allshores.org slash groups. You can find your group today. Reach out to a group leader. Uh, we also had our journey night this past week. We had um, at all of our campuses 71 different people who joined us to go through steps one and two. And man, can I just encourage you, some of the conversations coming out of that night were so helpful and so encouraging. And if you are trying to find your place here at All Shores, if you want to learn more about who All Shores is or how you fit into this body, let me just tell you, we need you. If you're, if you're wanting to plug in, if you're wanting to take steps, we need you. We want you to be a part of, of what you see happening throughout the week or on a weekend's. Step one actually happens today, again, um, at the 11 o'clock service. Step two happens um, next week at the 11 o'clock service. You can take steps one through three in any order. We would just love to connect with you that, in that way. If you're looking for more information, you can go to allshores.org slash journey or just go to the connection point out in the lobby after service. We would love to talk to you more about it. If you are new today, I just want to say a warm welcome. We're so glad that you joined us for this holiday weekend. Thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a gift for you that we would love to put in your hand. Just say thank you for being with us. That's at Connection Point. It's straight through these doors um, in the lobby as well. Um, we'd love to um, get to know you a little bit. The best way we know how to do that is through our connection card. And there's a QR code in the seat back in front of you that you can use the camera on your phone to access or... The same form is there at allshores.org 24-7. You can just hit the button, connect with us, and our team would love to reach out to you this week. 
This is also the time in the service where we give back to God, recognizing that really all that we have is his. And so we give a portion of that back just to say what we said this morning, just in a different way. Thank you. Thank you for everything that you've given us. Thank you for everything that you've provided for us, that we wanna be a part of something so much bigger than just our bank account or our checkbook, that we wanna be a part of the church, taking care of the needs both in our community and helping with needs around the world. So if you wanna join with us that, this morning in that, we would love for you to do that. You can, uh, the ways to give should be on the screen behind me or there are boxes in the lobby out as you walk out towards the doors in every one of our um, spaces out there. I just wanna say thanks for being here. We're so excited about some of the things we have coming up that we would love for you to know about. Let's turn our eyes to the screen for what comes next. Hey, church family, I wanna invite you to join me and our whole team on Monday, September 12th for what we call a core night. When we have these core nights, we do them three times a year, and really it's a way for us to come together as a whole family, a church family, this new community God's creating, and rally around what we're moving towards, working towards in that season. For us, this fall, heading into winter, where's God leading us? Where are we going? It's a time we trust you'll be encouraged, inspired, connect with each other, and really rally us behind how we're going to move, how we're going to pray, how we're going to walk in this coming season. It's Monday night at 6 o'clock at the Spring Lake campus, and we'll have child care as well for our time together. We hope you will join us for what we promise will be an inspiring and encouraging time. My name is Lindsay Van Dorn. My husband is John Van Dorn. We have two daughters, Ava and Allison, who are two and one, and I've been attending All Shores for about seven years. My initial experience with groups is almost non-existent. My husband grew up Christian reform, and when we met, I started going to church with him. Really, my only experience with church was when I was younger, going to Sunday school with my great aunt. So originally, the only idea I had uh, about groups were from movies where women were sitting around in a circle, reading scripture, very prim and proper. And honestly, I didn't want anything to do with that. That was intimidating to me. There were a few persistent pastors here that always encouraged groups, but honestly, I felt like I didn't have the time for it, and I made up a lot of excuses, and life is busy with a husband and work and two kids and everything else, and I had every excuse in the book not to do it, and then the pandemic hit, and everything stopped, and that was the first time. It really put things in perspective. Uh, my husband and I decided to delete social media for a while and slow our life down. I had someone reach out to me and invited me to the group that they'd be joining. I actually got invited the night of and decided, what am I so busy with that I can't go? So I took the leap of faith and I went that night. She said, come in your sweatpants, it's really casual. We're meeting outside, we're having a bonfire. Uh, they were so inviting and it was a great environment. I didn't feel like I was expected to know anything that I didn't know. One of the best parts about the group for me was in-person interaction. I feel like that's something that our society is really losing. We're all so busy, buried in our phones, looking on social media, but never interacting with anyone. Being part of a group took my faith further than just on Sundays. I encourage everyone to just reach out to one person. Just take the leap of faith and do it. 
I had every excuse not to join a group. I used that excuse for two years, but it was so worth it. And I think the initial jump is the scariest, and once you get in, you won't regret it. Well, I want to welcome those who are joining us online. There's probably several several of you today. And the last couple of weeks, I've had the joy of being out in Muskegon and Coopersville. I want to welcome everybody out there. And then everyone here in Spring Lake. <laughs> Sounds like the big house. But this ain't no big house. This is God's house, right? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Well, it is a joy to, uh, to bring the message today, and uh, we're going to be talking about transformation and how we can be involved not only in transformation in our own hearts and our own lives, but in helping others to find transformation, helping others to discover who God is for themselves. And so I, I pray that you're ready for this today, but uh, we just believe that, uh, that the Holy Spirit is here, and if you're new to the church, if you're not a follower of Jesus you know, you're going to hear words and think, I'm not sure what all that is. You might have, during our worship time today, sensed something welling up inside of you, like just resonating with you. That's the Holy Spirit. That's God at work. The reason you're here today is because he wants you to be here. The reason you're listening today online is because God wants you uh, to be doing that today. And so he has something for you. And so that same Holy Spirit that breathed life into his word is the spirit that is here with us and speaks to us and reveals himself to us. And so that's what we pray for today. And I'm just going to ask us to pause for a moment of silence and just prepare ourselves to say, okay, God, let me get what I need from you today. Let's pray. The grass withers and the flower fades, but your word endures forever. Lord, we are so grateful that we have the opportunity in our own language to open up these words that you inspired by your spirit, that breathes life into our spirit, that connects us with you. And so, Lord, um, I just pray today that whatever is of me, that it would fall to the ground and be forgotten. But, Lord, what you have for us today, that it would stick. Lord, that it wouldn't be about information. It would be about revelation and transformation of our lives and the lives of others. And so do this, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Well, I'm going to start right off with this. If you don't get nothing out of the message other than this, I hope that this resonates and sticks with you this week. And that is, conversation leads to transformation conversation leads to transformation. And any conversation begins with what? It begins with a word, just one word. Sometimes that's all it takes. And uh, a week ago, my sister and her husband were at our house spending some time together with us, and they live in Nashville, Tennessee. And my brother-in-law, a little over a year ago, he's been very creative. He's written a couple of books, and, and he just likes to write and loves, loves to observe, and God has used that in some, in some powerful ways. And he uh, was spending time at coffee shops just talking with strangers, and he loves to do that. And in that process, he met some individuals who invited him into this, uh, this group uh, that founded, it's called The Songhouse. 
and it's beginning to take off. Some of you who might be on Instagram or perhaps TikTok, you, you might have even heard of this group, but he was one of the original five who created this. And, uh, and so twice a week in Nashville, now last week uh, he did a TED Talk and he was out in L.A., so this is taking off. But uh, what this is is it's a group of creative artists that get into a room and people through social media send in a word, sometimes two, maybe three words, random words. And you have 30 minutes to go into a room with a group of artists and in 30 minutes come out with a song, at least a verse, a hook, a chorus, something that you can you know, use. And if the song uh, on social media, they come out and they produce the song within 30 minutes. And if people like this song, they, they like it or they send in comments and they're like, you should finish this song. So then at a later time, they'll go back in and they'll produce a song and then put it out uh, for others to, to listen to. And a couple of their artists have gone, uh, have signed with larger labels and they're now traveling around uh, the U.S. So I wanted to give you just a, a little hint of what one word, just one word can do. And, and so the first clip that I have here, and you'll notice my brother-in-law, because he always wears Michigan sports gear, meaning like the Tigers, the Lions, University of Michigan. And uh, so you'll, you'll see him, because he introduces the songs. And the first song, all they had, the two words were love again. Take a look at the screen. The song is called Love Again. That's creative, isn't it? You just take two words and they go into a room and come out with that in 30 minutes. Uh, he was telling me this story, and I wanted to show this clip because he was telling me a story that they, they got the word love, just the word love, and they went into a room and one of, the teen, one of the young adults was just kind of expressing her grief of dating failure. And she was on those dating apps and had a blind date recently and it didn't go well. So they just started talking to her and said, tell us more. We're going to make a song out of this. And here's the song. In the comments, you left love, love, love. And we wrote a song called Yellow Sneakers. I met a boy at a bar with yellow sneakers. Two drinks in, no, he's not a keeper. He's shooting car bombs, talking about his mom. And I'm like, oh, no. I met a boy at a bar with yellow sneakers. Yeah, yellow sneakers and little Caesars. I'm not sure if I would have put that together. But it's a group of creative artists who do this. I got one more, and uh, someone wrote in, uh, can a man change? Which is a really good question, right? So take a look. The song is, If a Man Can Change. I'm still learning who I am, taking one step back. On the road to be a better man It's hard to stay between the lines 
There you go. You ready to do this? <laughs> oh, it was so creative, and he was just sharing with me how all of this starts with just a few words and a conversation. And one of those conversations that my brother-in-law had with one of the young adults was a young lady who opened up to the group that she had been uh, trafficked and had come out of being a victim of sex trafficking. And uh, they wrote a whole song uh, about that and uh, a song of hope. And uh, they created a video for it, and I'm not going to show it to you. If you want, you can connect with me afterwards. But uh, they did a video on it, and that video and that song is now being used across the nation uh, to help with the awareness of trafficking victims around the country. I just think that's powerful. But it all starts with a word. It starts with a conversation. That creativity, the production, the music, the story, it just begins with a word. But that is true in all of our lives, right? I mean, think about where you're sitting today and who you're with and where you're at in life. It all began with a word. It began with conversation. It began with a couple of words. Maybe if you're a student and you're in school right now, you chose the college because at some point someone said engineer or a particular sport and you said, yeah, I want to do that. And you, you began to go down that road because of a word. Maybe you've got friends, right? And the reason you're friends is because it started with a word. You heard the word Marvel or DC, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, I want that. Uh, Maybe for some of you guys, it's the word hunt, right? Uh, Or essential oils or Vera Bradley or Honda or Harley. There was a word that started and you navigated towards those people because you had conversations and things that you enjoyed together. You're married right now, right? Some of you are married That all started because you had a phrase. You walked up and said, how you doing, right? (laughs) And now three kids in, you're living the dream. And it started with a word, right? It starts with a word. But I want us to know that that transformation of what takes place in our life, that it begins there. But conversations lead to transformation, and that's true in our spiritual lives as well. At some point, the reason you're here today is because someone invited you, said, hey, would you come to church with me? When you were a child, uh, we heard the story this morning on the video of an aunt who made an invitation. And maybe it was someone who invited you into a small group or a neighbor who asked you to come over and those conversations turned to spiritual matters and you discovered who Jesus is. Maybe you were sitting in a church service and there was a song that was sung and there was a word that just caught you and you couldn't escape it. And it's why you're here today. It starts with a word, but conversations lead to transformation and that's true in our spiritual lives. And I love the story that we're gonna uh, enter into this morning. It's found in John chapter four. It's at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Uh, Jesus has just started his ministry, he's chosen his 12, and he has traveled to Jerusalem for the Passover with his disciples, and he is leaving Jerusalem, and he's heading north to Galilee, and there's a, there's a place called Samaria that a lot of Jews would walk around, not always, but the fastest way, if you were Google mapping it, you know, it gives you the different routes, the fastest way was to go through Samaria, but the Samaritans were once the 10 tribes of Israel who had been uh, taken away and whose ancestry, who, 
they, they had been mixed in with other nations. And so they were a mixed race of people who used to follow or used to be Jews, but they were now Samaritans. The Jews considered them not very pure. And unlike them, they weren't allowed to worship in Jerusalem. They weren't allowed to be like the Jews. The Jews were a part of the two tribes of Judah. And so there was a lot of tension. I could go into some of the history. They had had battles together, and certainly they did a lot of sneaky things that, that just you know, kind of irked one another. Um, let's just say they didn't get along. And so if you could avoid Samaria, you would, but the scriptures tell us Jesus had to go through Samaria. And so in John chapter 4, he enters into this place and he comes to this city where there's a well. It's Jacob's well. Jacob was the ancestor of both the Samaritans and the Jews. And Jesus comes to this village and he sends his disciples off to get some food. He says, Why don't you guys go into town, get something to eat, and I'll just stay here. And so he sits by the well and along comes a woman, a Samaritan woman. She comes out by herself, and we'll understand a little bit more as we get into the, to the message that she was likely alone because of her past. She didn't come out with other women. She was probably not respected, not wanted to be around other people. And so she came out during a time of the day when no one else was around <laughs> except Jesus. And it's there that Jesus meets her. She comes out to the well, and she's probably just being quiet and trying to ignore this guy who's sitting over here. And then Jesus begins with a word. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? There's the word. Will you give me something to drink? I imagine there was a pause in the conversation because the woman speaks up and says to Jesus, well, I'm a Samaritan woman, you're a Jew. What do, we, what do we have to do with one another? Why are you asking me for a drink? Like, this isn't right. Like, this isn't protocol. This isn't what's supposed to happen. And she's right. But Jesus just simply starts a conversation with her. And then very quickly, he says this. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, uh, you would have asked him. And he would have given you living water. Now, Jesus quickly, quickly turns the conversation from a drink of water into spiritual matters. He talks about the gift of God and this idea of living water, flowing water, a spring of life welling up in you, right? I mean, I, I can't imagine most of my conversations, I don't go directly from a word or a sentence into a conversation about spiritual matters, but Jesus is so good at it. You know, it'd be like someone greeting you this morning and was said, oh, did you watch that football game? And you said, oh yeah, aren't you glad that Jesus is the fulfillment of the law so now we can touch pigskins? <laughs> be like, what? Very quickly turns the conversation into a spiritual conversation, this living water. And she recognizes that he doesn't have anything to draw with. She says, you, you, how are you going to get this water? You, you mentioned that you, you would have given it to me if I would have asked, but you don't have anything to draw with. And Jesus goes on. He says, everyone who drinks this water, meaning the well, will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life 
a fullness of life, complete life, true life, the life that God wants for you, that God wants for all of us. And of course, this woman at this point simply says, man, if I could have that water, give me that. Let me have that. And Jesus says, why don't you go and get your husband and come back? We'll continue the conversation. At this point, it turns again. This is the part that many of us know, but if this story is new to you, the woman confesses. She said, I don't, I don't have a husband. And Jesus responds, yeah, it's true. You had five, and the man you're with right now is not your husband. You ever been in one of those places where might have been a small group, might have been in church or something, and you're having a conversation, you have this like fear in you that God is going to reveal to someone your inmost secrets? What if they know? I can't imagine what this was like for this woman. But she knows Jesus is something different. He's not just a Jew. There's something different about this man. So she says, you, you, you must be a prophet. You, you, you know this about me? You, there must be something going on here. And then she continues the conversation and turns it into spiritual matters. She's, she, she says, now that I know that you might be a prophet, let's talk about worship. Because we had some differences between the Samaritans and the Jews. See, Jacob might have put this well here, and we belong to, to Jacob as much as you do. And that mountain up there, Mount Gerizim, which you could see from where Jesus was, was the place where Samaritans worshipped. It was the place where Abraham had first come into the promised, promised land and had built an altar. And so they used that as a place of worship because they weren't allowed to go to Jerusalem. And so she says, well, who's right, you or me? Can we worship up there in Gerizim or can we worship in Jerusalem? And Jesus replies, there is coming a time where neither one matters, that you will be able to worship in spirit and in truth. If God fills you with who he is, you can worship him anywhere you want. So this conversation very quickly moves from a drink, there's a word, into spiritual matters, into conversations on worship. And then Jesus makes this statement. You Samaritans, well, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. You worship a God you do not know. The Samaritan woman, her knowledge of the true God had been skewed. Those that she had grown up with, had told her about how to worship at Mount Gerizim. They, they didn't fully understand what the Jews worshipped or, or how they worshipped, maybe. They had just heard stories, but she didn't really know. And Jesus doesn't just say, it's not you. He says, the Samaritans, meaning all of you, you worship a God you do not know. It just made me think this week, how many how many people are out there who worship a God they do not know? They, they've heard stories about Jesus. They've heard uh, a verse or two about Jesus. They've seen uh, stickers on bumper cars, and they're glad that he's your co-pilot. But they don't know who he really is. And that's true both inside the church and outside of the church. There are people everywhere 
whose understanding of who Jesus is, of who God is, comes from uh, some sermon that they heard or more books that they've read than the book that God re- wrote uh, for us, right? They, they know little bits and pieces enough to, to say, well, this is what I value or this is what I believe or this is what I'm going to stand up for. But it doesn't come from an internal knowledge of who God is. It's not something that God has revealed to them. It's what someone else told them that they were supposed to believe. Jesus says, man, that's true of you. Oh, that you would come to know the true salvation, the revelation of God. That you would come to know him for who he really is. And that comes through the Jews. That is Jesus himself. I know in the coming weeks we're going to do a series. Uh, the next four weeks is a series on the Bible. We're calling it uh, the Bible together. And the reason we're doing this is because we asked you, we asked the congregation at all of our campuses, what is it that you want to know? And many of you, the top one was, how do we, how do we understand the Bible? How do we read the Bible? How does God reveal himself through his word? Man, that's great. We're going to spend the next four weeks talking about that. What a great opportunity for all of us to invite those that are on the outside of these church walls, those that we're praying for, those who worship a God they do not know, a great time to ask them to enter in so that they can learn for themselves and discover and see how God reveals himself. Not what just we say about God, but what God reveals about who he is. Salvation is from the Jews, Jesus said, which led the woman to this conclusion. You, right, might be something more. She uses the word Messiah. That's a Jewish term. It means the anointed one, the one that God was to send. The Greek word is Christ. That's why we use both Messiah and Christ when we are describing Jesus. He is the anointed one of God. But the Samaritans used a different term. Tahab was the word that they used. And it meant restorer, revealer. They taught stories of how one day when the Tahab, the Messiah, the the one that God is going to send, he is going to come and he's going to explain everything to us and we're going to come to a newer understanding of who God is. That's exactly what Jesus is telling her. And she said, I know that the Messiah is going to come. He's going to reveal all things. And Jesus simply says to her, yeah, yeah. I am he. And at that point, the conversation comes to a close. You're like, well, what happens next? Well, everything changes at this point, the way that John writes it. And I don't know if it all happened immediately or not, but the disciples interrupted. The the disciples come back. They got food. They don't know what's going on. They don't understand the conversation. They even got some questions like, why is Jesus talking to her? They don't say anything like that, but they're thinking it. That's what John says. And as they're walking up, the woman turns around and she heads to the village to go tell everyone that she thinks she's just met the Messiah, the one through whom God is going to bring his salvation. She goes back into town to these people that don't really respect her in order to tell them that the Savior might be here. I love that. Here's the other fascinating thing. It's a little tangent. But the disciples come back, and they're like, hey, Jesus, we got the food for you. Here, have something to eat. 
And Jesus says, no, I have food that you don't know anything of. Again, he turns the conversation. You're like, he starts with drink, and then with the disciples, it's food. But Jesus is constantly turning the conversation, and they're like, you, you, did, you, did you eat something before? We, didn't, we, we went to go get food, and now you, what do you mean you have food that we don't know about? And Jesus says, oh, oh, there is a harvest. There is a harvest coming. There is people out there who need to know salvation, who need to know God. Oh, and I just had this great conversation with this woman that filled my soul in a way that food never will. You have no idea. I don't need bread when I'm having these conversations with people and they are discovering who God is. And just as he's saying to his disciples, there is a harvest. There are people around the world that are in need of knowing God. The, the villagers are all coming out. And Jesus says, man, look at that harvest right there. And they all come out to the well to meet Jesus. And it says that he spent two days with them. And at first they came out because of what the woman had said. But I love this. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Right? It started with a word. This isn't about what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. Ugh. God revealed himself to us. It's not just what you said, it's what he has revealed to us. And we know that this man really is the savior of the world. They have come to an understanding, they become believers. This entire village is transformed and it all began with a word, drink. That's a powerful story to me of how things progress when you and I enter into conversations with the prayer, with the intention, with the hope that we can have a conversation where others will not just hear what we have to say, but that God will use our words to help them to discover who he is. That our words will lead them to the word, which will lead them to the living word, the word made flesh, the word of life, Jesus Christ. That is the prayer. And that is what we are all about. We're the Samaritan woman in this story. We're the ones who are in need. We have heard and seen for ourselves. But oftentimes we're not running back to the village. We're not going back and telling others about what we have discovered. But let me just tell you, conversation leads to transformation. How often do we have conversations with coworkers, family members, neighbors, loved ones that we are failing to bring the message of hope and the gospel into those conversations? God, forgive us for that. Because our heart behind it should be that they would come to know him. I recently... A couple weeks ago, I was in uh, Turkey. Uh, we had a small team that went to a conference with all of the missionaries from the Turkic Arabic world in the Wesleyan Church. There are four different fields in the Turkic Arabic world, and uh, we have a partner on each of those fields. And so it was a great time talking about what God is doing. And it was fascinating to me. We spent, uh, I, I was able to sit in on some of their teachings and what they were doing and how they were preparing 
uh, all of the missionaries and encouraging one another. And they spent a day talking about church planning, disciple-making movements, uh, how, how to engage people with the gospel. And they had, you know, boards around the room or post-it charts to, to write different ideas. And what was fascinating to me is every single one around the room had to deal with conversation. It all had to do with, it starts with a word. They didn't say it that way. But it was how do we have conversations, either through social media, sitting over coffee, doing language learning. How are we sitting across from someone and learning about their life and interjecting our stories and our hope and what we know about who God is? Now, in most of those countries, if not all of them, it is illegal to convert someone to Christianity. Someone can convert. It is very difficult. They can convert to Christianity and become a believer. But if you are found to be the one to lead them to that, you, you're in trouble. But if they discover it for themselves, that's a different story. And so for many of them, they're opening up the word of God and they're saying, and we're going to talk about this in the next couple of weeks, they're opening up the word of God and they're saying, hey, will you read this with me? What are you seeing? What are you discovering? What do you think about who this God is? And just like the villagers, they're coming out and going, oh, I don't believe because of what you said. I believe because of what he said and we've heard for ourselves. A couple of years ago, one of the young women in... Uh, in the Karis uh, group, Karis uh, people group, she was doing language learning and she discovered who God was, gave her life to Christ, and has been working on her family. And this last year, her sister, who has been through so much trauma in her life, uh, decided to end it and walked out onto a bridge and was ready to, to end her life. And in that moment, her sister uh, remembered that she once heard uh, she once heard the words "Jesus loves you" from her from her sister, and so she picked up the phone while she's standing on the edge of the bridge, and said, "Will you tell me? Does God really love me?" And there on the edge of the bridge, she talked her off, and she said, "Yes, go home. I'll drive the three hours. I'll, I'll come see you." And she spent some time with her, and she became a follower of Jesus Christ. And then her mother became a follower of Jesus Christ, and the kids became followers of Jesus Christ. And an entire house church has begun because she remembered hearing the word love. It starts with a word. But conversations lead to transformation. You know what was fascinating to me about my time with the, with the uh, missionaries is that the training and the time that we spent together was all about the practice of abiding, which is fascinating because that's what we've been spending our time on. So I was just like, let's, let's hear more. And they spent time talking about how they are spending time in silence, prayer, scripture, and worship and spending time abiding each and every day, not about the tasks that they're about to do or the plans that they're supposed to make. Now, those things have to happen, but how are they encountering God each and every day? And the reason that they were doing that is not so that they would have something to say to an individual. They're not like, okay, God, I'm gonna spend time with you so I know exactly what I'm supposed to say to so-and-so today. No, 
But here's the reality. It's not about the task. It's about discovering God for ourselves. But the more that we dig in, the more that we abide with God, the more we have something to say. And so our missionaries know and we know that the more we spend time, the more he is revealing himself to us, which gives us more to share with others. And that's the goal. Conversation leads to transformation. So some of the questions we should be asking. Am I abiding with God? If you don't have anything to say, what is God saying to you? Are you spending time? Is this a priority for you? Are, you? are you allowing God to reveal himself to you? Are you spending time in his word? And if you're like, Thad, I, I, don't, I have a hard time with that, then you need to come for the next four weeks because we are gonna be talking about what that looks like and how the word of God can transform your time with him. Who am I talking to? Is it just believers? Or do you have individuals in your life that you are praying for, that you are reaching out to, that you are talking to? What are you talking about? Is there a way that you can turn the conversation into spiritual matters? Are you praying as you even enter into those conversations and sitting over coffee or calling on the phone? Are you asking God, God, if the door is open, I'm gonna take it. I wanna talk about what you are doing in my life. And am I sharing Jesus with them? Is there an actual step? And you might be scared to do this, but just like Jesus did, it's so easy to move from a drink to talking about living water. And if I can turn the word football into Jesus being the fulfillment of the law, I'm sure you can come up with something. It, you might not have to go into a room for 30 minutes and come out with a creative song, but I believe that the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. Conversation leads to transformation. These are the questions we should be asking. Many of us know this. The BLESS acronym is how we kind of practice this. We're praying for people, right? We're listening to them. We're eating together. We're serving them. And then the last part, we are sharing. We're sharing our story. We're sharing God's story. And that's, that's part of our practice. My grandson, uh, he's, he's almost three now. And uh, he was over at the house on Friday, and we, we were playing. And then he wanted something. He's at that age where he can talk more but he doesn't always talk. And so he wanted something in the back room and he kind of like stopped and he pointed and he was like, Ugh. and I just stood there waiting. I was like, oh, do, you, do, you want, do you want something? Ugh. I was like, wow, well, what do you want? And he's just doing this. And I'm like, well, if I knew what you wanted, I could help. But I, I don't know what this means. You know, and I know he's three. I'm not trying to treat him like an adult. But I used a phrase, and I said to him, and you know what I said. What did I say? Use your words. He <laughs> didn't do a very good job, but we eventually got there. Church, there is a world out there that is hurting and that is lost. And they hear that people who go to church and those Christians, they know something that they don't know. They worship a God that they don't know. And they are hungry for answers. And we just keep pointing to our bumper stickers, 
or going to work and talking about other things. Uh. I think the call for us is to use our words, right? Use your words. Share the hope that you have in Jesus Christ and the difference that he's making in your life. That's the call. Because if it begins with one word, it can lead to a conversation, and conversation leads to transformation. Let me pray. Lord, I'm just grateful that, uh, that you take those simple things, those simple words that uh, in our lives that have led us to a place where we discovered who you were. And Lord, it didn't end with us. You want us to be a part of that process. And so I pray that right now you would stir us, that you would awaken in us a desire to reach out to our friends, our family, our coworkers, our neighbors, those who worship a God they do not know. And help us to be able to navigate those conversations that may one day lead to them discovering who you are for themselves. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going we're gonna to conclude uh, our time together with communion as we come together. And for those of you who are maybe new with us, uh, we, this is a response to God's word where we simply are reminded of what Jesus, not simply, but we are reminded of what Jesus has done for us on the cross that he's forgiven our sins, that he's died and rose again, that we might have new life. And it's not because of who we are. We're not in a place spiritually and in life because we're so awesome. It's because he is and what he's done for us. It's a way that unites us across all campuses and all places, all backgrounds, because we are all children of God. And so you don't have to be a member of the church. If you are seeking to follow Christ, we just simply ask that you respond faithfully and say yes to him as you receive these elements. And I'm going to ask you to stand. Uh, when you came in, you should have received the cup. We're going to spend a moment uh, in worship together, and then we're going to partake together. So as we worship, let's just prepare our hearts to receive these elements this morning.
take the cup there's two layers to it and the top layer if you'll peel that back you'll you'll receive the wafer scriptures tell us that on the night that Jesus was betrayed he took the bread gathered with his disciples and he broke it and gave thanks he said this is my body given for you take in remembrance of me let us take Peel back that second layer. Jesus on that night said, this is the blood of a new covenant. My blood shed for you. For you, for me. We are his because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And our prayer, our longings is that others would one day together with us share in this communion together. Let us take in remembrance. Lord, we thank you for your revelation, and we thank you for the gift of God through your son, Jesus Christ. We just pray, Lord, that, uh, that that hope that we have and that truth that we have, God, that we would go forth with, that we'd go out into this world to share that hope with others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's continue to worship. Swing wide, all you heavens, let the praise go up as the walls come down. All creation, everything with breath, repeat the sound. All his children, clean hands, pure hearts, good grace, good God. His name is Jesus. Swing wide. All you heavens, let the praise go up as the walls come down. All creation, everything with breath, repeat the sound. All his children, clean hands, pure hearts, good grace, good God. His name is Jesus. A sweet wine. 
just remind you again, if you're a guest with us, we've got a gift out there. would love to meet you. I'll make my way out there as well. Uh, if you have questions or comments, things that you want to connect with us on, remember to use that connection card. Uh, again, just use your phone or go to allshores.org to do that. You're going to want to come back next week because that very message today of how do you take a word and turn a conversation where people can encounter God, what a great way to invite people to be a part of next our, our series where they can discover God for themselves. So I want to encourage you to do that. Why don't you open up your hands and I'll give a blessing. And now may God himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, continue to fill you with his spirit. Uh, may this week he fill you with the words, the heart,